The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Everybody and welcome to the Main Street Vegan Show. Always happy to have you here talking about good food and bright ideas. And I actually have somebody to talk with us right away. You know, usually I just kind of hang out and chew the omega-3 rich fat. Oh, that was a terrible joke with you all in the first 10 minutes. But today I wanted to get in the publisher and editor of one of my favorite publications on the planet, which is Vegan Health and Fitness. And I have to say, the reason I love it so much is that it really does play a vital part in keeping me fit. I'm all about good eating, but I need help with the fitness part, and Vegan Health and Fitness really does that for me. So I'm so grateful that our visitor at this moment, Brenda Carey, had the brilliant idea to create this magazine and that she is with us in our first little segment today. Welcome, Brenda. Hi, Victoria. Thank you. Nice to be here. It is just absolutely wonderful to have you on. This is a beautiful issue. You know they all are, but the cover of of this particular issue, and we're talking about, um, are we calling this November, December? Which issue is this for you? How many have you had? Well, we started out quarterly uh, in the summer of 2012. So we had the first uh, four issues there. And then we went ahead and um, instead of having a fall issue, we did a plant-built muscle special issue. And then now we have this one, which is our November-December issue. It's our first one that is beginning our new journey as a bi-monthly magazine. Um, instead of quarterly, they're now six times a year. So, wow. yes, this would be our sixth issue, I believe. That's so cool. And, yeah. and so amazing. If you just read about magazines and what's happening with magazines and they're all cutting back or, heaven forbid, going under, Vegan Health and Fitness is adding issues. This is so exciting. So yeah. on the cover of this issue, you have one of my longtime friends, John Robbins, and his beautiful family. And you also have, for this holiday season... Articles about the families of John Robbins and some other prominent vegans, uh, Rip Esselstyn, Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, John McDougall, T. Colin Campbell. We think of these people as, as being these sort of lofty islands, <laughs> not really thinking that they're connected to other people just the way all of us are. Where did you come up with that idea? Well, first of all, I totally agree with you that um, I, I really look up to these people and the first time I talked to T. Colin Campbell on the phone when I hung up, I was 
screaming and yelling, I just talked to the McJagger of veganism. I think these people like rock stars. Um, but, yes, they they do have families just like the rest of us and are really nice uh, down-to-earth people. And they're awesome to work with, not prima donna celebrity types at all. Um, sent me really awesome pictures. I actually went up to Santa Cruz and shot that um, that cover uh, photo that you were talking about with John Robbins and his family, Ocean Robbins, his son, and their wives and kids. And so that was a real treat for me, getting to go up and personally meet them in their home. Um, but most of the rest of them submitted uh, pictures from the last time they had a big family get-together or something and just were just lovely people, really easy to work with. And I had people like um, extended family members of Dr. McDougall and uh, T. Colin Campbell uh, contacting me, sisters and cousins and aunts and things, saying, oh, I have this great picture of the new babies or this and that. And they were just all very excited that they, you know, the whole family um, gathering type thing in the magazine rather than just to focus on the, the usual celebrity person in their family um, because they all have uh, sort of followed in the footsteps of that person who's the leader in their family. And as you will see in the articles, we have you know, gigantic extended families where every single person is vegan from the tiny little babies to the older people and everybody is just thriving. And I think that that is the message that we always try to get across in the magazine is that veganism is for everybody for all ages and we really wanted to show um, you know diversity of families so we do have those celebrity families vegan celebrity type families but we also have a lot of people you probably haven't heard of and um, we just you know put out a tweet and a Facebook uh, shout out saying you know we're looking for vegan families we want diversity so we wanted to make sure we had all different kinds of races and sexual orientations and different conglomerations. We got some quote unquote families where it's just, you know, a guy and a gal who live together, we've been living together for years, they got a couple cats, they're all vegan. That's the family, you know. They share um a life together in a home and they, you know, um they have special recipes that are their favorite family recipes that they share and uh so yeah, the, I'm real excited about uh, about that that we got to have that. That's fantastic. And you also have a good friend of mine, in fact, my former trainer. She's moved on and works with, with kids now. But, um, yeah, you, you've just got so many oh, people yeah. that, that connect uh, yeah. to me and I think connect with all of us who are into the vegan thing. So tell us a little bit about the athletic part of this issue. What was your favorite article in that arena? Gosh, it's hard to pick a favorite, but you mentioned the Wendy Siskin article. and she Right, I'm sorry, I didn't baby. say her name. Yes, yeah, she ahead. works with, with kids, I guess, and adults, since she's, you, you've worked with her. But she has this awesome workout for kids in the park, which is great, because, I mean, how often do you go to the park on a picnic with the family, and everybody's kind of sitting around, and you don't know what to do, and you've got to bring a frisbee. And, you know, she's got some really interesting tips on how to put together a little uh, – races and obstacle courses and things like that to keep your kids active. And um, it's such a great idea. And, you know, so often we complain that the kids are just playing video games or down on texting all the time. And, you know, getting them active is so important for their health and developing those patterns early in life are really important. So, you know, Robert Cheek also um, wrote about that when you're um, out with the family, how to get everybody active. And then we have some amazing inspirational stories of people like Fiona Oaks, who she's, uh, she lives in England, and she has a sanctuary where she has about 400 animals that she takes care of every day, and she still finds the time to go out and run these ultra marathons and break world records. She ran the uh, marathon in the North Pole. She ran one in the Sahara Desert, and now she's breaking world records running a marathon on every continent within just a few months. And, she, I mean, she's just an amazing athlete. And when you hear her talk, or actually in the magazine, she says, this, I hate running. And I hate doing this. I just do it for the animals. She, that, that's her family. So this is a very strong family theme. And uh, she does it to raise awareness about veganism because she's working with these little pigs and chickens and turkeys and cows and things on her sanctuary every day. And she has, you know, those are safe. But she thinks about all the rest of them out in the world, as I'm sure many of us vegans do, and what can we do to help them. And so she uses her athletic ability to go out and win these extreme races so she can get some media attention and show people, hey, look how healthy and strong I am on the vegan diet. You can do it too. 
Um, so she she's a really amazing, inspirational woman. And gosh, we've got Tori Washington, who is a vegan bodybuilder who wins all sorts of competitions all the time. And he talks about how he was raised vegan or vegetarian anyway. Um, and he has a Jamaican background. And um, he talks about how that, you know, being a little different from the other kids actually made him stronger. So yeah. you know, don't be afraid of raising your kids vegan, thinking they're going to get made fun of or it's going to be too difficult for them at birthday parties. It's actually good for them to learn a little, you know, different ethic, a little, have, be a little bit stronger in their morals. Um, and it, they might, you know, they definitely will grow up to be stronger people, just wow. like Tori Washington. So I was going to say, yeah, maybe so as strong many- as Tori Washington. That is pretty strong. I could listen to you <laughs> all day, Brenda, and unfortunately we are going to have to move along, but tell everybody where they can purchase or subscribe to uh, Vegan Health and Fitness. Well, thank you for asking that. This is the first issue that is all over the world. So I don't know. I know your your uh, podcast is on, uh, the, you know, online. So I suppose people from all over the world could be hearing this. So I want you to know that with this issue, not only is it in the a thousand stores in the United States and Canada that it's been in up until now, it's also in the UK, Spain, Germany, Australia, and South Africa. And starting in January, it will also be in New Zealand. So um, if you want specific information on the stores that you can find it in, please visit our website. We have a new website, by the way, too, which has some really awesome videos and cool content. So anyway, the video, I mean, the, the website is vhfmag.com. That's the short. So V as in vegan, H as in health, and F as in fitness, mag.com. Perfect. And, and people can subscribe from there as well, I'm sure. And yes, they can. Seriously, you know, when you talked about Fiona Oaks not really liking to run but doing it for the animals, I think those of us who may never be athletes, we need to do it for the animals too because people are looking at us. So thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving, Brenda Carey. And uh, I look forward to talking to you maybe next issue. Great. Thank you very much. Have a great show. Okay. And after these messages, we will be back with our guest, Tracy McWhorter, MPH, author of By Any Greens Necessary. We'll be back. Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world. We count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. What if you could experience vibrant health? help heal the planet and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller.
From mayhem to miracle, from disaster to divine, Rants to Revelations Radio finds the opportunities for spiritual growth in everyday moments. Drawing from current headlines to pop culture, Reverend Ogan blurs the lines between the sacred and the profane, bringing meaning to the meaningless, with guests who are dedicated to transforming the world for good. Join Ogan live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central for Rants to Revelations Radio. You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Victoria Moran. Very blessed this Thanksgiving time to be hosting you on the Main Street Vegan Show here on Unity Online Radio, glorious, brave radio network that deals with topics that a lot of people aren't, and I'm happy that they are. I'm also happy to be introducing my beautiful guest today, who is Tracy Lynn McWhorter, MPH, that means Master of Public Health. She is a vegan trailblazer. Seriously, folks, she's a public nutrition expert. She's an author, an international lecturer. Vegetarian Times Magazine named her a national food hero, changing the way America eats. And her national bestseller, a number one book on the Huffington Post, is called By Any Greens Necessary, a revolutionary guide for black women who want to eat great, get healthy, lose weight, and look fat, but with a pH. I think you probably got that. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you, Victoria. It's so great to be here with you. Well, it's wonderful to be here with you. I love having people on the show that I've met. I know that we have so many friends these days online, and they seem like really nice people, and they probably are, but when you've really met somebody in three dimensions, (laughs) it just means so much. (laughs) You are such a lovely person. I have also met your mother, who is absolutely beautiful. Your mother is is the quintessence of what, in my opinion, it means to be a lady in every good and positive way that 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 can be interpreted. So no wonder you're so cool. You got a good mom. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so honored that you said that. I feel the same way, and um, I will definitely share that with my mother, although I'm sure she's listening. Thank you. Well, I'm glad she's listening. What's her first name? Mary. Hey, Mary. Welcome to the show. She could even call in, you know. So could other people. 888-558-6489 for people listening live. If you would like to call in and ask a question of Tracy McWhorter. When I carry books on the subway, I always carry them facing out because I want to advertise books. (laughs) And I also want to spread veganism. (laughs) But I have to say... I get more comments on your book when I'm carrying it than on any other single book. And it might be because you're just so damn pretty. Oops, I said damn on a radio station run by a church. Okay, you're so incredibly pretty that that may be why we get these comments. But I think it also just intrigues people. Here's a beautiful woman holding a bunch of kale. What's that all about? Right. Well, you know, thank you, Victoria. And I really am just trying to keep up with your style and grace and beauty. So thank you for that. You're a mentor to me and, and so many other people. But I'll tell you that, that um, I, I wanted to be on the cover and on the side, you know, have my little face on the side when the book is uh, in the bookstore on the shelf or in the library because I wanted people to see uh, you know, a brown woman talking about this issue. And so, you know, if they're just thumbing through or walking past, it might catch their eye. So that was definitely deliberate. Well, and it's working. The last time it happened it was just last week because I've been rereading your book since I know you were going to be on the show. And, and I was waiting for, for a train at the train station. This woman kind of, you know, looks over my shoulder, you know, what and what are you reading? And, and she looked at the title and 
that, and she saw the subtitle where it said it's a guide for black women. And then she looked at me and, you know, I'm just like <laughs> whiter than anybody's supposed to be. My daughter said we should have T-shirts that say we're not anemic, we're Irish. But anyway, the woman looked at me and she said, well, I guess you can read it, too. <laughs> I thought, well, I right, guess I, I can because I am. Right, exactly. I, I get that a lot, believe me. And, um, you know, there, um, if, if I didn't read books that were, that targeted white women or for white women about veganism, I would be missing out on a lot of books, you know? So it's all good. It's for everybody. But in particular, it targets black women, um, for, you know, two main reasons. I mean, we need to be targeted, and this is the first book that does that. Um, you know, and, and we're fabulous in so many ways. And, and, um, and when it comes to our health, we experience the most, the effects of chronic disease the most. And so I really, you know, as a black woman, as a, as a public health nutrition expert and, and someone who really wants to help her community, this is, this is the audience. This is my group. These are the, these are the women I wanted to target. Well, let's talk about this, Tracy. Why is it? Why are black women experiencing so many health problems? Well, the first, you know, the first thing is that, um, you know, in this society with patriarchy and racism and classism and um, sexism and on and on, black folks experience these um, oppressive cultural norms the most of any group anyway. And so when it comes to our health, that is no different. You know, we are, the, all of these things cause stress. And stress is, um, you know, can be seen or played out in a variety of ways. And um, just the stress from having to deal with these issues all the time um, and internalizing them so that we can stay, you know, and, and externalizing them whatever way we cope to stay sane in this environment. But also, you know, people stress eat. Um, they eat for emotional reasons, lots of reasons that have nothing to do with nutrition. So they're so um, eating, you know, comfort foods that are junk foods and and sweet foods. Everybody does it, and and you know, black women do it too. And we're also targeted by the food industry, um, low income uh, people of color, particularly children, are targeted um, by the food industry to eat these unhealthy foods. So there's a lot to it, and um, you know, we happen to. 50% of black women are uh, obese and 80% of us are overweight in general. And so, you know, food is a way that most Americans can um, acceptably deal with their stress and anxiety or, or, you know, whatever the trivial issue might be. Um, so we're no different. It just is that, you know, it's exacerbated with us. And, you know, this society is able to deal with um, – large black women um, in a way that they're not able, you know, the whole mammy figure and, and black women being big, you know, that's, a, that's socially acceptable in this society. So um, there, there are a whole number of reasons why this is the case. And, and my issue really is not necessarily the weight, but about health. And I want people to be healthy because just because you're thin does not mean that you don't have high cholesterol or high blood pressure and, you, and you're not susceptible to these issues. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say is that um, information is just not readily available. Healthy food is not readily available in um, African-American communities that are low income, um, and that's across the board. And so that's, that's a real issue as well. Well, this is, is really enlightening to me. I, I, I live in Harlem, and we're not a food desert. I will say that. We have good grocery stores. We have food carts. So that, that part is great. But I also know that there are longer lines at the fried chicken places than there are at the food carts. So it seems like just like in every other community, there's so much education that needs to be done, that stuff that grows up out of the ground can really taste good. Well, yeah. And so what's really interesting for me is that, you know, while the majority of Americans eat, you know, the sad standard American diet, the majority of African Americans eat this diet, um, there's always been this stream of, 
African Americans that have eaten healthy plant-based foods. And in fact, as Victoria, you and I know that most of the world eats a plant-based diet that, you know, that is, is anyway, the folks that haven't been um, industrialized or haven't been um, uh, targeted with, uh, with our Western diet. Most of the world traditionally eats a plant-based diet, and that goes for um, countries in Africa where uh, most of us were taken from. And so we do have a history of eating plant-based foods all throughout that process. And um, one of the things that I really wanted to share is just that uh, black folks have been pioneers in this vegan food movement all along. And um, so, You said you yes, have a list. I want to hear the list. I do. Okay, so let me, so yes, thank you. Let me run down uh, this list. Um, my sister and I, uh, my sister Maria McWhorter is an historian, and she and I uncovered this history um, she did, she did primarily, um, most, you know, the research back when we started blackvegetarians.org about 15 years ago, 15 or more years ago. It was one of the first vegan websites in the early days of the internet, but also the first one at all to target, um, African Americans. And so, um, in doing this history, we discovered that Alvinia Fulton, um, was a naturopathic physician who opened the Pioneer Natural Health Food Store in the 1950s as the first health food establishment on the south side of Chicago. And she later mentored Dick Gregory in his transition oh. to vegetarianism. Um, Dick Gregory became a vegetarian in the 1960s as a result of the philosophy of nonviolence that he practiced as an activist in the civil rights movement. And he actually influenced Dexter King and Coretta Scott King to become vegans for the same reasons, for reasons of nonviolence. Gregory went on to write what is now an iconic book, Dick Gregory's Natural Diet for Folks Who Eat, Cooking with Mother Nature in 1974, and he influenced a generation to become vegetarian, including me. And then going back to the 1960s, the Nation of Islam promoted healthy plant-based foods to its legion of followers. Um, and another iconic book called Eat to Live, written by Elijah Muhammad. And the first all-vegan cafes and stores in the nation's capital were started by African Americans in the mid-1980s near Howard University. And many in this community, which was actually quite large, were influenced by Dick Gregory and Elijah Muhammad and the Black Panther Party, which promoted healthier eating as a form of liberation, particularly when they established the free school breakfast programs for children. And then there's the father of gourmet raw vegan cuisine, Aris Latam, who's originally from Panama, and he popularized this cuisine as a master chef 30 years ago. Uh, let's see. The first raw vegan restaurants in D.C. were started by uh, African Americans in 1992, and they were called Delights of the Garden. And the owner, Imar Hutchins, was straight out of Morehouse College. They had two, lo two locations in D.C., near Howard University and in Georgetown. And they also had locations in Atlanta and Cleveland. And Imar Hutchins was influenced by Aris Latab. Um, and the longest-running raw food vegan restaurant in the country is owned by a black woman in Chicago, Karen Calabrese. And three decades ago, blacks who were African, Hebrew, Israelites started what became the largest vegan restaurant chain in the world, which is called Soul Vegetarian, with a total of 14 locations in the U.S., Israel, Ghana, and the Caribbean. And uh, now, according to a 2012 vegetarian resource group study that was conducted by Harris Interactive, there are an estimated 3 million African-American vegetarians, which includes vegans. So that's 6% of the black population in the U.S. And uh, I'll stop there. So that's 6% of the black population. So that's mm -hmm. higher. Well, I, I guess it's right about on par with, with the general uh, percentage of, of vegetarians in the population at large. That is such an exciting list. And you also, it, it felt like you were giving me a sort of tour back in time because Alvinia Fulton and Dick Gregory were major influences of mine. I actually lived in Chicago in the 1970s 
wandered in to Dr. Fulton's health food store. I was still dealing with compulsive overeating. I was vegetarian then, but not vegan, dealing with weight issues, always having those problems. She was unbelievable. She didn't care who you were or what your problem was. She was going to help you. And one of the most pivotal experiences of my life was between Christmas and New Year's, 1976 to 1977, I was an embryo. It was a fast in Atlanta in Ralph Abernathy's church put on by Dick Gregory to draw attention to world hunger. So Dr. Fulton was there supervising. We had um, conference calls with famous people, including uh, Coretta Scott King and some of these other people that you mentioned. And wow, you just made me feel like a little part of history. So thank you. You are, and thank you for sharing that. I did not know that about your about your earlier experiences. Victoria, that's fabulous. That's fabulous information. Well, in those days, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of people who were doing the vegan thing and carrying this message, but those that there were we really admired and revered because they were carrying the torch of something. You know, nowadays, if, if you know, half a dozen or, or 25 <laughs> vegan experts decided to move to Jupiter, we'd still be fine. But in those mm-hmm. days, you know, we hung on every word that, that our leaders said, and they were just very revered. That is so cool. Thank you for that list. And nowadays we have you. And well, um, I, you know, I'm from a, I, I'm a, I really am a direct descendant of Alvina Fulton through Dick Gregory. I feel so. Thank you for that. Well, he's amazing, and he still tours and does comedy. We got to see him at least once a year. Yeah, Caroline's here in New York City, and it's so interesting because he is such a revered figure that he can do kind of half of a comedy show and half of a lecture on what's wrong with the world and what we need to do about it, and everybody is just riveted when he's being funny and when he's not. Exactly. My mom and I went to see him um, a couple of years ago. Actually, his son is my mother's chiropractor, and um, what. The last time um, I took her there, um, Dick Gregory was there in his Aww. office. And so I got a chance to see him and talk to him again and thank him again for inspiring me to become vegan and oh. do all this great stuff. So it was wonderful. Well, someone else that he interviewed, you know, Linda Long, uh, she's written Virgin Vegan, and she did that beautiful coffee table cookbook, Great Chefs Cook Vegan where yes. she, um, you know, the great chefs of the world are doing their signature dishes vegan. Dick Gregory turned her vegan because she was wow. married to a man who had a hotel up in the Catskills. And when Dick Gregory was helping Muhammad Ali train for one of his fights, it might have mm-hmm. been the thriller in Manila. But anyway, it was it was one of his fights, and he wanted to get away from large population areas. So they went up to the Catskills and stayed in this hotel. And Linda said, excuse me, but I know you're a vegetarian. Can a person really get enough nutrition that way? And Dick Gregory said, you meet me right here at 2 o'clock. And she came down, and he was there with this big book about nutrition facts from the USDA or some kind of government body. And he spent three hours with her. And at the end of that, she was vegan and has never looked back. Wow. That's phenomenal. And that's what we can all do with other people. You know, we don't have to be famous. We can just talk <laughs> and share. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so- and I yeah, go ahead, Victoria. Well, just at, at, we just have a couple of minutes in this segment, so to kind of finish up on, on the same theme. So right now in the African-American community, I know there are several really prominent physicians and others who, who are working with plant-based foods. Can you fill us in on who they are? Sure. Um, they're uh, Milton, Dr. Milton Mills, who's the Associate Vice President of PCRM, the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, is phenomenal, a very good friend of mine. And if you ever have an opportunity to hear him speak, he travels all over and speaks as well. Um, 
um, do yourself a favor. He is um, the real deal. He, he treats patients with AIDS and chronic diseases and, and um, helps them to adopt a vegan diet to heal themselves. Um, and there's also um, Terry Mason. He was in um, Forks Over Knives, so folks may know about him from, from that movie. And he's based in Chicago. And he's also a phenomenal medical doctor who himself was turned on to veganism later in life and um, has helped, this, you know, has helped uh, citizens and residents of Chicago to um, learn more about veganism. He sponsored um, events with the city trying to get people to um, be more informed about veganism. So um, those are two folks off the top of my head. There's so many, especially here, especially here where I am in Washington, D.C., who are doing a lot with veganism. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, especially now, everyone knows someone who's vegetarian or vegan, and, and most physicians at least have heard of it or can direct their patients to someone. Yeah, it's exciting. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tease you and say, but you're there in D.C., you need the most good people. The most work is <laughs> going yeah. on there. Okay. This is so much fun. I hope you all listening are having fun. The number again is 888-558-6489. You hang on to that. Give us a call if you're feeling up to it. And after these messages, we'll be back with more Main Street Vegan. My guest, Tracy Lynn McWhorter, by any greens necessary, right after this. Daily Word, inspiration, and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. My mind and body are in an ongoing conversation. My body responds to my thoughts, and my mind continually receives messages from my body, especially when something is out of order. However, I am more than mind and body. I am created in the image and likeness of God. I am first and foremost spirit. As I bring my spiritual awareness into the conversation between mind and body, I keep myself in balance. I know my body and its needs. I nurture it with food and water, rest and exercise. I also send an affirmation of life and renewal to every cell of my being. With spirit-centered thoughts, words, and actions, I claim my true identity as a whole and healthy expression of God, mind, body, and spirit. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Everybody, welcome back to Main Street Vegan. Just want to send out thanks to Unity Online Radio and our wonderful engineer Jeff Comfort, who makes everything work. My wonderful guest today is Tracy Lynn McWhorter, MPH. Her book is By Any Greens Necessary, which is just a fantastic title. I just want to let you know where you can find out more about Tracy and her work. Her website is ByAnyGreensNecessary.com. 
can find out lots of good information there. So, Tracy, you're a professional vegan. What's that? <laughs> right. So I, I call myself that because that, you know, is not just my lifestyle, but it's the work that I do, right? And so I talk, I go out and talk to folks about veganism. I help um, develop programs about veganism. I teach kids about veganism. I write about veganism. So it's just all encompassing. And, you know, sometimes I think, well, maybe I just want to be vegan and not, like, promote it anymore. It's been 27 years and, uh, you know, not be this professional vegan. But then I'm always pulled back. I'm always passionate about it. There's always some other project that comes up that's really exciting and I'm pulled back. So that's why I found myself that. That's so cool. And I think it's important for people to know, you know, that option is out there. You know, I, I have this training program, Main Street Vegan Academy, that trains the vegan lifestyle coaches and educators. And that is so cool when somebody wants to do it. But also, just because you're vegan doesn't mean you have to be a professional vegan. I mean, I'm looking for the day when, you know, all the lawyers and the mechanics and the bus drivers and everybody's just vegan. <laughs> Right, and it's exactly, and it's coming, and then we can just just be vegan. Yeah, that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. That'll be good. So now the book. Let's just go back to your beautiful book, and I want to thank you for uh, giving me one of your wonderful recipes, your fabulous massaged kale salad to use in in Main Street Vegan. But tell me how you came up with the idea and the name for By Any Greens Necessary. Well, I wanted to have a name that meant urgency and that was clever and memorable, um, political, um, that made you think of, you know, blackness or something to ha- something, something having to do with black culture because it was targeting black women. And so I was just writing down phrases and then I was writing down, um, you know, black people who I knew had famous quotes. And then I came up, you know, and then Malcolm X was there, and then I wrote down some Malcolm X quotes that I knew, and I was looking up quotes, and then there it was, by any means necessary, became by any greens necessary. Mm. So it was just like that. Mm -hmm. So I think it represents um, everything that, you know, that I'm doing. It's about, you know, this is urgent. And we can't control around this issue uh, about what we eat. Um, and so I think that the name represents urgency, and, and it's also fun. And, and, you know, when I heard the Gregory's lecture in college for the first time that inspired me to do research and later become vegan, his lecture was very uh, graphic and very um, serious, but also very entertaining. And so that I kind of wanted because that's how I was introduced to it, I wanted to kind of carry that forward in introducing it to others. Mm. And, and you do a great job. So there are a lot of wonderful recipes in here. We talked about the massage kale salad. That is just the beginning. And it's not just for greens. I mean, you've got all sorts of great stuff. You have a wonderful cornbread recipe in here. Really like your smoothies. These are great recipes and easy, easy for people to do. You don't have a lot of weirdo ingredients that you have to go find some place in Chinatown down two flights of stairs and hope it's really <laughs> ginseng and not something else. So tell us, mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite recipes? So I actually made the cornbread recipe last week, and that is one of my favorites. Love it, love it. And my mother's sweet potatoes recipe is one of our favorites for the holidays. So we'll be having that um, three times this holiday this Thanksgiving um, for different events. Um, so the All Hail the Kale salad that you mentioned, definitely. The chocolate mousse tart is one of my favorites because it's just cocoa powder and avocado um, and a few other ingredients that you probably have in your cabinet. Um, and it's raw with a, with a nut crust, nuts and dates and coconuts. And it's when you have a chocolate craving, it takes care of it, and you can make mm-hmm. it in, like, five minutes. Um, the um, There's a carrot salad recipe that my friend Sandra Woods um, contributed. She contributed several, and um, I love that recipe. There's also a beef salad recipe um, by another friend and, and raw chef, Elaine Rice Feld, and I'm not a fan of beets, but I do love that one, and so I had to put that in there. 
Um, let's see, the pizza recipe, I think it's called Pizzazz in the book. Um, that's one of my nieces, uh, my eight-year-old niece, Mara, who is, who is born vegan. That's one of her favorite recipes. So I had to put that in there, and that's very kid-friendly. Um, let's see, the tofu, um, the baked tofu cutlets, we make all the time, and I eat that a lot, you know, chopped up and put on my kale salad. Um, so that's a favorite. And I guess probably the one that is a little more involved but is well worth the effort and really is, is uh, one of my favorites is the raw cheesecake. Um, that one is something that you can take to a potluck for a special occasion, make for someone's birthday, and it's divine, and people don't believe that it's, that it's non-dairy. Mm. And you've mentioned a couple of raw desserts, and even though I'm not a raw fooder, I am a raw mm-hmm. deserter, partly because they're just so much easier to make, but also because they're real food. It's just all good for you. You don't have to say, well, I didn't use very much sugar. It's like, no, they, they don't have flour or refined sugar. They're just good. Right, and, I, and it's true. And I think that, um, you know, one of the things that I find that a lot of, um, in a lot of recipes and a lot of books, and you may have found this as well, is that um, the emphasis is on being vegan but not necessarily using the healthiest ingredients as long as they are vegan. And so, um, you know, there will be a lot of uh, table sugar, you know, refined white sugar and, and white flour, um, an emphasis on that as opposed to looking for ingredients that are the healthiest that we can find but are still readily available. And, and with raw foods, Raw food desserts, you don't have to worry about that for sure. Yeah. So what are you going to have for Thanksgiving tomorrow? Well, we are going to the Vegetarian Society of D.C.'s uh, Thanksgiving uh, dinner gala. So um, my, uh, what is it, my spicy collard greens with sun-dried tomatoes is on that uh, menu Every Ooh, year. That's good. Yeah, which is great. And they also serve the lentil soup and the, my mom's sweet potatoes um, in that. But they wrote, but they change, you know, they rotate the menu. They change it every year. So, Well, um, good, or you'd I'm feel like sure. you were home cooking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm not sure what that will be, but, my, um, but whatever it is, I know that they're having the pumpkin pie tart, um, which I love. And then my extended family has been having Thanksgiving together um, for 50 years, and um, we have it the Saturday before Thanksgiving. And so we have um, we have that event. We bring food to that. And then my oldest sister, Veronica, who is not vegan and uh, is very, very supportive of um, all the work that I'm doing in veganism, she has Thanksgiving at her house. So... Um, we bring vegan food over there. We all sit together and dine, you know, and, and um, enjoy ourselves, enjoy our, each other's company. And so we have like three Thanksgivings every year. So there's a lot of eating going on. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, I'm going to share yeah. what we're doing. So tomorrow morning, my son-in-law will be in the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. And I know there's been some oh. controversy about the parade this year because There are a couple of floats that are not animal-friendly, and I just don't know where to come down on something like that. It's like, yes, I understand the world has not awakened to what we know, but on the other hand, I'm so proud of Nick. He is so gifted, and he knows how to do all these things. He can do fire-eating and sword-swallowing and juggling and clowning and pantomiming and unicycling. And walk on stilts, which is what he'll be doing tomorrow in the parade. And then after they have a little rest, because Adair is working at the Wild Bird Sanctuary in the morning, they'll come over here and we will have a tofurkey. You know, in those early days that we didn't have mm-hmm. anything like that. But ever since there started to be tofurkey, that's become a tradition for us. And I spoke with somebody at tofurkey recently, and she said that already this this year, this month, their sales are at half a million tofurkeys. And when you think about that's half a million turkeys that didn't die, plus all the people who make their own 
dinner and don't buy something already made and the people who are buying mm-hmm. other brands of things already. I just thought that was a great number. And then I do a wonderful cranberry sauce with dates and oranges. I'm doing walnut apple stuffing from Nava Atlas's Vegan Holiday Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I'm also doing uh, her kale salad that has cranberries and cashews in it, which seem very good. Then I'm doing the green bean casserole from 10 Talents, which is a really old cookbook. Did you have 10 Talents when you first started? No, was, but I have a friend who, who showed it to me. Yeah, yeah it was so one of the few. <laughs> and then your mom's sweet potatoes and various right. vegetables to go around the tofurkey. And uh, Adair is bringing apple pie. And, of course, all the dogs will be here and all the vegan dogs, and they'll share too. So life is good. That's fantastic. And you're cooking most of that, Victoria? I'm cooking all of it. What I see has happened, since I have been doing Main Street Vegan Academy and cooking Mm -hmm. for a large group daily and sometimes twice a day, I understand how simple this is and how easy it is to do once you kind of get a system in my very small New York City kitchen. So Mm -hmm. anybody that's inhibited about cooking, I'm not a natural cook. I don't create recipes or anything, but I can Mm -hmm. sure follow them. And uh, right. fools everybody. I, I agree. We, you know, um, I've been teaching um, cooking classes. So two weeks ago, we had a Thanksgiving, a vegan Thanksgiving cooking class, and showed people how to make a stuffed squash um, using the three sisters beans, uh, squash, and uh, corn. We also added wild rice to it, um, and um, you know, we had mac and cheese, and we had the um, collard greens and the um, cornbread stuffing. Um, and uh, let's see, I'm having a December class on December 8th, and we're going to do like a Christmas, a vegan Christmas menu. And so my goal with these classes are, you know, the same thing. Some of them are hands-on, some of them are demonstration or a combination, and just to show people that it's not complicated and that, you know, they can actually do this. So it is really powerful once you're in the kitchen, you know. I mean, not everybody is going to cook, but if, you, if you're somebody who wants to eat healthier, you sh- this is a survival skill. You must know how to cook. That's and it's sure. all about the sauces and the seasonings anyway. So, you know, you can master it. Now, I know you also have, so the December 8th class, that's live in D.C., and people can find out mm-hmm. about that on byanygreensnecessary.com? Right, exactly. And then, and then you have V School, your vegan nutrition boot camp. What's that about? Well, um, that is going to be an online class starting in the beginning of the year, and I have been getting a lot of requests from people to do online cooking classes. Right, and as, as I'm sure that you you have as well, um, because everybody can't come right to DC or to New York for your program, and. Um, so I've been trying to, for, for a while now, I've been trying to really figure out how to do it. And so I've partnered with um, uh, someone who's going to do the, the taping of it, the shooting for me. And I have a kitchen that I'm going to be using, my cousin's fabulous kitchen. So um, I'm actually going to teach people how to go vegan. So we'll have cooking demonstrations. Well, I'll take them grocery shopping. We'll read food labels. We'll actually have a Nutrition 101 course. I'll have experts coming in um, and interviewing them about um, the main questions that, you know, we always get, uh, protein, calcium, iron, all of the B12, all of those things. So um, this is based on a, a course that I developed for the Vegetarian Society of D.C. called Eat Smart, and it was the first federally funded vegan nutrition program. So over the years, um, that program has been going on, and I kind of um, adapted it um, to turn it into an online nutrition course. So, and it's, you know, it's kind of like by any degrees necessary come to life. So I'm really oh. excited about it. Yeah. I love it. Everything but the smells from the kitchen. Exactly. exactly. Uh, well, Tracy, I could just talk to you for another segment or another hour. You're absolutely fascinating. Please come visit in New York. It would just I be will. so much. We can go somewhere and eat something green and continue this conversation. 
And anybody great. else, yeah, who wants to be part of this great adventure, get the book, By Any Greens Necessary. Go to the website, byanygreensnecessary.com. Our first guest was Brenda Carey, Vegan Health and Fitness Magazine, vhfmag.com. And happy Thanksgiving. Love you to pieces. Thanks for being part of the Main Street Vegan Show God bless you and eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women. The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Rev. Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They share Unity's classic teachings. Join Reverend Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings. Follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine these foundational teachings through the works of Unity authors past and present. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on The Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.